can we do a podcast with very little cut away transitions? We shall see. But hello, welcome back. My name is Janine and welcome to Just the Position, episode three, where today we're going to be talking about beauty standards. I got peach tea today and it's actually really good. It's my first time trying it. Not sponsored, just I like tea. And I've noticed in each of the podcast recordings, I basically have a cup of tea or coffee or something fibery because, you know, anywho, I'm excited to chat a little bit more today. If you see any cuts here and there, it's only because I get annoyed of using filler words or I pause too long because that's just how I talk apparently. But this isn't a normal YouTube video. This is a podcast. But if you're watching it on YouTube, hello and welcome. It's nice to see you again. If you're listening on Spotify, thank you. I appreciate it. Nice to have you all back. So today, like I mentioned, we're going to be discussing beauty standards. I have a little notepad here to refer to a small little bit of order and things I'd like to discuss. But basically, I'm going to talk about how the beauty standards that I grew up with kind of accumulated, like what they are for me, kind of toxic things that I've observed, some things that I've learned alongside my education, and then just kind of like niche things regarding the choice to get plastic surgery and the pressure to get that, or hair, if you may have noticed. I kind of put some red dye in my hair. I had some leftover from before and my hair looked really dry. So I'm like, yeah, I'll just finish it. And I don't like the bleached, blonde, like dirty, super dirty blonde look. I don't know. I just want it to be like healthy. <laughs> and that's funny too, because the older I get, the more that I'm focusing on health versus just looks. Like I mentioned, I stopped using basically all social media sites except for YouTube, Discord, and Reddit. And it's been very cool and very nice. Um, still a lot to learn, digest, and whatnot. So here we are. So yeah, welcome back. It's nice to see you. All right, let's get into it. All right, for beauty standards. Whew. Growing up, oh boy. See, I was born in 1994. So, I don't know. I mean, there were already existing beauty standards. They kind of evolved throughout the years. But I remember just seeing various, like, magazines. That would be the main form of communication of beauty. And then, of course, there's some cartoons. I don't know. I watched a lot of Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! growing up. Holler if you also <laughs> watch that, too. Yeah, it was mostly through that. And then also through some TV shows like Friends and Sex and the City. I did watch that when I was younger, which was actually, like, I don't know if it's the most age-appropriate, but it definitely, like, the way they stylized the show with Carrie narrating her life and her experiences, it was so relatable and really interesting. I think those were my primary uh, messages of beauty. And it wasn't until I was in high school, or actually, when I was getting, like, closer to 7th, 8th grade high school, that I started becoming more conscious of how I look and how I want to look. I remember in eighth grade, my hair would be like super puffy. A year or two before that, my mom would take me to the hair salon and they we do like chemical straightening uh, stuff to my hair. So it'd become like silky smooth. And uh, yeah, it was nice because I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty. Like, I wish it could be straight all the time. Seriously, for whatever hairstyle you naturally have, whether it's curly or straight, 
there's kind of a trend, a funny trend where we typically want the opposite. I don't know. I don't know why. Is it wanting something that we don't have or is it just idolizing the other? But yeah, I do that before and then my hair got poofy and I kind of got upset with it. And then similar in high school, it kind of evolved a little too. Like people, ooh, you know, a show I used to watch a lot as well growing up was Degrassi. And to me, that was very different than the experience I had, especially growing up so sheltered. But I could see remnants of that happening in some of the schools that I attended and some of the styles that they also had too. It was very like laid back, but a little edgy. Some of it was preppy. It really depends on the person. But yeah, those are my main exposures <laughs> for beauty. And in a nutshell, why I want to talk about beauty standards is because, like I said, they've been shifting a lot throughout the years. I think as we evolve as human beings, we tend to, for the most part, most of us try to look for things that are real and, you know, more meaningful. Vanity is still a thing and still a need and you know it's nice to look nice but then there's more to done there's more to life than just looking nice right you want to feel good too so that's why i want to talk about it i just i think beauty is obviously skin deep i guess i shouldn't say obviously but i think it's skin deep i think beauty comes in many forms many genders and i think it's important to kind of reflect on our influences growing up and what we see in the media and what we perceive as beautiful because that's been a big thing for my own journey is just learning to understand what beauty i have within and then knowing that i don't have to live up to anyone else's standards to be beautiful or to be more beautiful or to be accepted so let's talk about it <laughs> yeah beauty is such an interesting thing because when you think of the beauty industry, the beauty industry consists of products to make you appear or feel more beautiful. So that usually entails eyeshadows, any type of makeup, hair stuff, nails, a lot of stuff. <laughs> I'm like blanking out. And it's sad to think about how the beauty industry profits so much. And it's an industry that, yes, it can empower people and make people feel edgy or make people feel like more themselves, especially if they don't really resonate with how they look on the outside. But then also, I think it's predatory in that it kind of targets our insecurities. For example, I remember my eyes started to open when I watched the, uh, there were campaigns that Dove did where they created these commercials showing a few things so one of them they showed how they took a picture of this model you know they put like they showed the behind the scenes of the camera uh the photographer and the lighting and then they showed how they photoshopped her and made her look almost completely different they also showed a commercial where there was a little girl and she was just really cute and beautiful and she was just kind of like being zoomed into and then all of a sudden you see all these freaking commercials of people advocating for products that will give you the perfect skin, the perfect eye bags disappearing, <laughs> the perfect hair, the perfect nails. It's like look flawless and it's very powerful. I'll link it below if you want to watch it. It's still out there, very low quality in terms of like pixels, but super great message. And I remember watching that and for firstly, I didn't know about Photoshop and 
how much you can digitally manipulate shit, which again, it's not inherently bad. Just the position is a play on words and juxtaposition. We're looking at both sides. But yeah, I didn't know. And when you don't know, sometimes, especially as a kid, you're kind of like, hmm, why don't I look like that? Or like, how do I look like that? But I think now we live in an age where everyone knows about it and everyone is aware of like Facetune and Photoshop. There's been a kind of movement where some beauty influencers are questioning the use of filters, the use of filters via Facetune and via like Facetune video, especially for people who are selling products, especially like skincare products. I agree with them. I don't think that they should be used for selling a product. If you're going to show a product working, you show it. Like, just show it, you know? Don't hide it under this filter that makes your eyes look bigger and your pores disappear. (laughs) You know what I mean? I like the idea where um, some of them would talk about, like, having a little emblem on the side where it says, this has been digitally manipulated, which I think um, they also advocated for just including that in your description if you're going to post something and it is digitally altered. You can post that. A little cumbersome, but I don't know. Hopefully we could get to a point where it doesn't affect us too much. But personally, I think we're in a place where it's just been affecting us for a really long time. And now we're kind of reaping the not benefits of it. I know it brings in the question, is there something wrong with digitally manipulating photos or videos or anything that we post online? Mmm... I don't think there's anything wrong, personally. Kind of. It depends. And it depends why, how you're doing it, what for. Because I know for me, when I used to be 200 pounds, so that's plus 40 from where I'm at now, I felt the need to make myself look slimmer because I wasn't happy with how I looked. So you could say that, oh, you know, if I'm going to present myself online, especially when I was using Facebook to people I haven't seen in years, I want to look my best. I don't feel good in my body. I want to make myself look somewhat better. And who's to say that's right or wrong? But of course, the negative side of that is it did affect my self-esteem because it made me feel sad. It was just, it wasn't really me. You know, it wasn't truthful. So give or take, it really depends. I think, especially when it comes to like magazine covers as well. Funny enough, because we've been growing up with so much digital manipulation and Photoshop, now magazines are catching on to that and they're showing real people with minimal or no retouching. And there's something so powerful and beautiful about that. But it's kind of weird how they're also taking advantage of like the anti-beauty industry. (laughs) Uh revolution i don't know what to call it you know what i mean it's like oh here's something real authentic and raw just just the person just like you and in a way it's like making us think like oh yeah i'm gonna believe this company is real and authentic because they are not using that i mean there's it's good i think that we that we are trying to you know encourage authenticity but of course it's good to be kind of skeptical about motives, especially for companies that you're going to buy stuff from. kind of went off on a little tangent, but yeah, it's just interesting to think about how the beauty industry influences what we think we need to buy and how we think we need to look like. But yes, those Dove commercials really did put a lot of things in perspective, especially when I was little. But as I was getting older and learning about graphic design and advertising and learning the effects of my own just influence from it 
actually, how do I reword that? I don't know. It influenced me in a way where it, I think, contributed to my love of junk food and sugar and possibly addiction of sugar. I've been actually starting the keto diet for about two weeks now, so it's been interesting, <laughs> like really cutting back on it. Anyway, I just remember being reflective and being mad, like really mad about just all these messages that were bombarded to us, sometimes unwillingly. And what do they tell us, especially when you're small? Like I know, for example, I was told subconsciously that frizzy hair is not pretty, like curly hair is all right. I mean, if it's perfectly curled and like presentable, then sure, it's great. But if it's not, then straight hair is where it's at. I know now I like to straighten my hair because I just, I don't know, it makes it look smoother. I try to keep it balanced so that it doesn't fry, you know? And it's interesting for me because I know, again, my priority has shifted from vanity to like health. So I don't want to just look good. I want to like feel good. I don't want to cover me being overweight with makeup. I want to just work on being healthier and being at a less fatty weight. <laughs> like it, I know weight isn't the you know the most important thing, but I do want to get rid of excess fat on my body and I know that will help me with my inflammation. Like if you notice my hand I have trigger finger here. I think it's a little better as I've been cutting down sugar, but it's just something that I am dealing with and it's funny when we talk about beauty standards too, just the idea of perfection obviously doesn't exist, but then why are we attaining to, to that? It's hard because there's a distinction between perfection and being your best self or being your ideal self. But then I think there's a beauty and acceptance where if we always strive to be our ideal self, I think that, I mean, it's good in a way because, you know, we want to be better and happier. But then if our ideal is perfect and perfect doesn't exist, what are we really doing? Are we just setting ourselves up for failure? Are we creating a failing prophecy? It's kind of the same thought, but you know what I mean? It's hard to know if we're trying to be our best or are we trying to be this perfect version of who we are. So what I was trying to say was that there's a certain level of acceptance, I think, that comes with accepting us as our imperfect selves, as ourselves with pores and with scars and maybe with our eyes not that big or round or our lips not that plump or, you know, our eyebrows not that dark. And, of course, makeup does, I think, sometimes enhance some of our features depending on how we use it or completely transforms how we look which it's neither good or bad i talked about it in a shorter youtube video if you want to watch that in the card above i know the beauty industry messes with my idea of self-worth and it makes me question am i enough to which the beauty industry kind of says no <laughs> you're not enough unless you have a less red face unless you have your eyelids shining like the sun unless you get rid of all your blackheads unless you have lighter skin i don't know all these messages ah it's so sad and i'm only well i think these messages are universal but another subtopic i wanted to delve into is just just the idea of the heteronormative standards of beauty where 
male versus female. Obviously, there are more genders, so I can't really speak to that. However, in the future, if I'm so open to having guests, it'd be cool to have someone who identifies as non-binary or someone who just doesn't conform to those standards and talk more about the different standards within the LGBTQ community. That'd be awesome one day. Small plug, but I can only speak from my experience and as a cisgender female, the idea of the traditional quote-unquote male versus quote-unquote female beauty standards are so strange, honestly. For example, you have to be preened all the time, look super formal, look kind of glammed up, but not too glam, like just right in the middle of a little bit preened, but somewhat natural. I think it changes depending on the era or the place that you live in. Obviously, everyone's experiences is a little bit different. I'm curious to hear about yours if you want to share that. Like I know for me, it was really empowering in college especially because I didn't really wear a lot of makeup or experiment with it in high school. I was a little shy and I don't know, I didn't really feel confident to do so. But in college, I got my uh, eyeshadow palettes and stuff and played with it. It was so fun. I was able to do a smoky eye and even my boss would compliment me and be like, wow, your eye makeup looks really nice. Like, who did that? I'm like, I did. I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, thank you. And that was really cool. And like I mentioned before, like wearing red lipstick would make me feel like badass. And I thought it was pretty neat. There was a weird feeling, though, when I would take the makeup off where I'm like, oh, hello, it's me again. And I won't lie, there were some times where I'm just like, hmm, man, it's cool to have, you know, like my eyes look bigger or longer or have my lips look more defined or certain parts shiny and certain parts not. There's just a lot of weird subconscious messages and that's why, one of the reasons why I stopped wearing makeup. But And looking at the other side, one of the other sides uh, for the heteronormative male beauty standards, it's weird because I don't think they're too similar in that men are not quote-unquote required to wear makeup or like they could look more quote-unquote rugged and have that be just as sexy. But then I know it goes down to like some toxic masculinity and features regarding, you know, being fit or being like somewhat fit but not too fit. But then I can't speak too much about that either so <laughs> this is a open invitation it'd be awesome to get guests on the podcast one day and this kind of falls into just the idea that again the standards are quote-unquote a certain level of perfection that can be somewhat attained but not perfectly i mean there's like so many creams you could buy for your eye bags for your skin for everything to make yourself look as young and feel somewhat good I don't know how I feel about that I mean if you do want your skin to be smooth there's nothing necessarily wrong with it it's just more than wanting yourself to look a certain way to be happy I think it's good to look at our lifestyle and our and the thoughts in our minds so we can feel happy and not just look happy so I think we live in a very vanity central vanity world. I don't know how else to say that, but especially with the birth of social media and the idea of likes and Instagram and, you know, having a Instagram worthy photo or looking, you know, it's like looking magazine worthy, but on social media, there's a lot of weird standards. And I mean, honestly, some of these are unattainable. But then when you think about, for example, plastic surgery, you think about Botox and things to get rid of your wrinkles, hair extensions, a little bit less uh, invasive, but Well, I guess it depends. There's just so many things that we can do 
to ourselves to make ourselves look like the ideal version. I know I could speak on extensions because I used to get like tape on extensions and you'd have to reapply them every two, three weeks because they would slide because your hair gets oily. Yeah, that became really pricey and I don't think it was worth it after a while. It was nice for like a little bit, but I do want to grow out my hair sometime, someday, maybe. I'm also, I always kind of grapple with the idea of just wanting like super long mermaid hair versus having a really cute pixie cut. But I feel like I want to lose more weight or be at my goal weight before doing that because I don't know if I'd feel as good with short hair at my current weight. I don't know. This is my own issues, but (laughs) working on it. And then, of course, the plastic surgery and people get like butt lifts or boob jobs. And I'm not going to shame people for what they want to do with their body because it's your body, your choice, in my opinion. I think that applies to beauty as well. I know some people do that for medical reasons. Sometimes their breasts are too big and they're very intrusive. Sometimes, I don't know, your jaw gets hurt. You know, there's a multitude of things. But then the choice to do that for people to just feel better about themselves or look a certain way. I don't know. I just question like why. I know that some people just feel happier if their blank looks a certain size. Some people do social media as a job and therefore want to look the best that they can. So that requires, I guess, some work. It's hard. It's hard. I I don't want to pass judgment upon people who choose to do that. I just do want to question the effect of the beauty industry and how that makes us perceive ourselves and what we perceive as beautiful. And then how that relates to whether or not we choose to get work done. Because is it really our choice? I know ultimately it is our choice, but then I think that sometimes we are influenced by things around us or by media that we consume. And for example, I use myself in a semi-humorous story, but I have been grappling with fast food, well, with my love of fast food and stress. Because when I'm stressed, fast food is... Mm, so perfect and so good. doesn't really make me feel too good in the long run, but it does make me feel good in the moment. And that's some, it's comfort food, you know? So for example, when I'm scrolling through whatever, Reddit, Twitter, and I see an ad for McDonald's and then I am stressed. I was already thinking about it, but I see the ad. I see how good it looks. I'm like, damn. And then maybe I'm doing, I'm looking at something again and I see another ad. And then I choose to order McDonald's. Like, is that fully my decision? Is it my responsibility? I mean, yes, we're responsible for ourselves. Like, I completely agree with that. But then, of course, I think we have to be aware of external factors and understand that, oh, maybe if I didn't see that ad, I wouldn't have been craving it as hard. Like, there's a lot of deeper issues. And that's where it's just so hard to say. But I know that it's a a combination of many sources that kind of add into how we see things and ultimately what we decide to do. So for example, I've stopped wearing makeup often or a lot or I eliminated the need to be super presentable all the time, especially for content that I create. For one, because I'm really trying to value authenticity. I'm trying to be as genuine and real. And when I put on makeup, I don't always feel that way. I feel like I'm just trying to present this version of myself that isn't actually me or true, trying to be perfect, trying to be, you can argue I'm doing that with turning on my background lights and 
my lighting and eh, I have some small <laughs> small goals and standards to try to make it look somewhat presentable but ultimately I just want to invite y'all to think about what type of beauty standards were you told growing up? Do you think they still exist today? How do you think they've changed? Do you still find yourself influenced by what you think is beautiful? Is that what you see in the mirror? There's a beautiful song by uh, Colby Calais. It's called Try. I don't, <laughs> I'm so tempted to sing it. I have it in my head, but anyway, part of the lyrics is like, you don't have to try so hard. You don't have to give it all away. You just have to get up, get up, get up. <laughs> you don't have to change a single thing. And I think that's so beautiful. I highly encourage y'all to watch the music video as well. I think it's really powerful. And to me, that song speaks a lot because especially with beauty and the idea of being beautiful, especially with social media and, and this day and age, there's this pressure to try, the pressure to try really hard to get people to like us, to accept us, to think that we're beautiful or that we are worthy. When I think that it'd be more helpful to focus on just being happy with ourselves, not always trying to impress others, but trying to be happy with how we think and how we feel and what we do and the type of life that we want to create. When people talk about beauty being skin deep, I believe beauty is defined by our actions. A person can be externally attractive and traditionally beautiful, but of course, if their personality is shit, it's kind of harder to see that as beautiful, <laughs> in my opinion. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, as many have said. It's kind of like art, which is pretty subjective. I think beauty is subjective. Some people really like people who don't wear makeup. Some people love people who wear makeup and who like glam themselves up. I think both are great. I mean, I think it just depends on, you know, who the person is. Like, do what you want, but just feel good about it. Don't. I, I wouldn't encourage people to do that just to impress others or make other people like you. Just be you, you know, be yourself, be kind. <laughs> and to me, I think that's more than enough. Another thing I wanted to add on was talking about beauty standards across different cultures. So it varies and I'm not the super most educated on all of them. I know in China, there's a thing called foot binding because smaller feet were considered to be more attractive so therefore they would wear these shoes that would like make their feet grow but kind of grow up normally so it'd be smaller which is obviously really horrific and toxic and can't imagine the pain and whatnot but that's one example of beauty standards and then so if you don't know by the way I'm Indian and Filipina Asian American to be exact anyway so I know I think in India I know like the long dark silky hair is a uh, it's a beauty standard as well. I mean, I think in in general, for most Asian countries, we do have like black hair, and it's just you know the the more silkier and smoother and shinier it is, the quote unquote better. Which I do kind of miss and kind of regret dyeing my hair so much because, <laughs> like, while I get fun colors, I just want it to be healthy, which it's kind of getting there because I've trying I'm trying to grow out my natural hair and then. The parts that you see dyed are the ones, the leftover bleached, the let the leftover bleached strands. That's a tongue twister. I'm trying to think of other ones. I think in the Filipino culture, there's like some stigma about the nose being flat. I don't know if many people like that. Like I think with uh, just a lot of 
mixing and you know interracial relationships the filipino culture mixes with like the korean or chinese culture and then there's a different quote-unquote standard of beauty a lot of it is influenced by korean beauty and oh my goodness they have a lot of cool different products but of course there's just so much to it and on another note it's interesting to think about how when we go to job interviews or when we go to work especially in like a corporate setting not that i have yet but i know like people in my family have and the idea where makeup and especially if you're a woman but makeup and being put together is considered professional versus not doing that like it's professional to make yourself presentable which I mean I get it like we live in that type of society where it's just you know you want to like put an effort in how you look because I don't know it's weird to think about it because it's like why (laughs) like but I mean it's nice to like keep ourselves healthy and smell good and stuff but why do we have to wear makeup to be professional it's very strange i feel like i want to extend this podcast and go longer but i'm kind of running out of things to (laughs) dispute about i just wanted to talk about or i just wanted to have a small discussion about the beauty standards that exist and what they mean to us and how they impact us what we can do to improve our own vision of ourselves and feel beautiful with or without certain things and how we can be at peace with who we are and how we look like. I hope this was somewhat insightful. Thank you so much for listening. I will catch you next week on Just the Physician. I'll catch y'all later. Have a great rest of your week. Bye!